Welcome to Data Driven Recruiting. In this podcast, we talk about strategies and techniques for leveraging objective talent data to improve hiring processes. Welcome back to Data Driven Recruiting. My name is Sophia Beck, and I'm joined by my co host, Tigran Sloyan. Hey, Sophia. So we're back again talking about an interesting article that you've seen last week. Yeah, so last week uh, there was an article named titled Why the Next Professional Network Will Look Nothing Like LinkedIn. Uh, so Brian Kimmel uh, in her newsletter published and shared this article. And I really I think it's a very interesting concept because uh, we've had LinkedIn for last 16 years and it's been kind of the go to place for recruiters and like display people's resumes. Uh, and we talked a lot about, you know, things that are not working well with the resume and the current status quo. So I would love to get your thoughts on uh, the article she wrote. So absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a fascinating concept. Uh, the growth of LinkedIn has been amazing. And I think it has a lot of value. It gives opportunity to mm -hmm. people like us to actually connect with the community. But I think uh, one of the key use cases of LinkedIn is recruiting, where I think a lot of problems are arising. Yeah, and actually she pointed that out as a, one of the reasons why uh, she thinks LinkedIn is broken, or mm. the current status of LinkedIn, because she said that the 75, over 75% 75 of LinkedIn's revenue is mm -hmm. coming from recruiters who sure. wants to recruit, mm -hmm. and what that means to the overall user experience from the uh, people who are trying to uh, find job opportunity or connect with others, uh, it becomes just noisy because your email inbox is filled with just like people reaching out to you and it becomes like a more of a yeah. noisy marketplace. Funny enough, it's yeah. like it only applies to a small sliver of that marketplace because there's a small sliver with pedigree who gets reached out all the time and, and even put on their title like, hey, don't talk to me right. or like don't reach out to me. And then there is a vast majority who actually apply, 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 and no one pays attention. Right, so it's, a, right. it's, it's actually like a double-sided issue. Right? Yeah. Some get too much attention, other gets, others get Yeah, not. it's almost like the income inequality, like, you know, the highly growing, concentrated, right? <laughs> yeah. very small population gets everything, and then the rest just don't get enough. And right. the disparity is growing, although in, in the real world, in the internet really should help us find talent from everywhere and then actually equalize this mar you know talent market pool mm -hmm. but in like the today's world the linkedin is a little bit more like yeah if you have the right pedigree on your linkedin and shows up on your search right. then Capitalism. they get all the yeah all the <laughs> attention and the rest is not so yeah. um she also mentioned another thing about why linkedin is broken and that's because uh she says that you know now skills are more important, but LinkedIn is still much more like a you know resume based, and mm -hmm. it's a list of uh, experience and schools, but there is no indication of uh, like what this person can actually do, and that's not searchable. Right. Um, and she mentioned that because of this issue, uh, the the new wave of things that will replace LinkedIn mm -hmm. will be more like a a professional web network. So for example, if you are a UI designer, you join Figma, the UI tool, and their community online, and you will display your portfolio of work. Right. So that's going to be where most people have their kind of a work shown, yeah. as well as recruiters will just go to those communities to find really talented people. 
So kind of like GitHub for developers, right? Exactly. Which also became popular with like share your work publicly, and GitHub yeah. has become kind of a place that some recruiters actually try to try to interpret how well. can I get like yeah. who's good and who's not good. Yeah. yeah. So, so I yeah. guess I like I guess I agree and disagree, right? Like I completely agree with the idea that like resumes are outdated. If anybody mm -hmm. has been seen me talk about this stuff, I talk about it a lot, maybe way too much. That like mm -hmm. how broken the resume based recruiting is, how it's becoming worse and worse because mm -hmm. education is becoming democratized mm -hmm. and skills have always been important. Uh, right. But back in the day, acquiring those skills, uh, there was only very few ways to acquire it, including right. well-known schools and well-known companies. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, that's very different. So more and more, using uh, education or work experience as a proxy mm. to decide who has the skill, who doesn't, is broken and yeah. is becoming worse and worse every year. Uh, I also agree with the idea that, like, for example, for in some disciplines, such as design, where it's very visual, like people actually, you know, like to play around with things outside of work, publish it, engage with the community. And then as those designers rate each other, kind of mm -hmm. like the most popular ones, again, unfortunately, it becomes a popularity contest as well. Like, for yeah. example, like Dribble is one of the most popular ones, but then. Uh, some people become very popular mm -hmm. and like you can really see their work and then everybody just goes to them. Right. Others like newcomer designers who join networks like Dribbble, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. even though they have the skill, mm -hmm. uh, it's very hard to get noticed the bigger the community yeah, gets. Yeah, it's going to be like Instagram almost. Like if you exactly. are already influencer, whatever you publish will get more views yeah. and then you get you know boosted up in the search or right. you know right. in the community in general and then like yeah they're it's not going to be really fair yeah. one yeah. and then there's another big problem like as much as there's talk about like oh we're going to automate recruiting recruiters are going to sort of disappear it's not going to be a job that's needed anymore i think that's like as far from reality as it can be i think automating recruiters is one of the last places that automation is going to go, right? Mm -hmm. Like we'll automate a lot of other things that no one is even imagining being automated. Like yeah. I would say lawyers would get automated right. before, mm -hmm. doctors would get automated before recruiters. And main reason behind that is I think uh, recruiting is like sales. It's very similar to sales. It's people business. It's dealing with people, convincing people. Relationship building. Building relationships, convincing them, pitching them showing them that like mm -hmm. understanding them first of all and like uh yeah, showing what, to them what, that what this I is the right opportunity for you exactly what i can offer and then let's try to match and understanding it, yeah. other humans is very hard it's one of the things that humans <laughs> evolved to be able to do pretty well but it's yeah. a very very hard concept and i think right. it will take a long time until that gets automated and why this matters is that like as long as recruiters are going to be around and it's going to be for a very long time mm -hmm. you're going to have this uh space in which I, as a recruiter, mm -hmm. am usually not a subject expert. And I'm trying to recruit for subject experts. Right. right? Recruiter subject expert is the hiring, not every single department. Exactly. Like, I'm a technical yes. recruiter. That means I recruit for technical people, but I myself, I'm not an engineer. So right. I couldn't look at your code. Or if mm -hmm. I'm hiring for a designer, I couldn't look at your designs and be like, you really got that shading piece right, right? Like, I don't know, yeah. like it kind of looks nice, yeah. doesn't. If when it comes to things like programming, it's even worse. I couldn't right. even figure out if like looks nice or doesn't, like it looks right. like code, looks mm -hmm. like a language I have no idea about. Yeah. Uh, in that space, you need, you still need not a proxy, but you need an easy, reliable way to, do, to differentiate good from bad. Mm -hmm. 
Like in today's world, pedigree is that, right? Pedigree right. is an easy way yeah. to differentiate. You take a list of companies, you take a list of universities. It's mm -hmm. an easy proxy for you to say, okay, I'm just going to target this and not the others. So you're saying it's not just the easy one to search for, but, you know, it's a, it simplifies the process for recruiters. So it is a, you know, yeah. dual, usable Exactly. It's easy to understand and use for a non-subject matter expert. Right. So reviewing like if, that doesn't take long time. Reviewing the, someone's design work will right. take a long time. <laughs> Even if you understood it, it would take yeah, a long time. Yeah. But the biggest problem is that you, you don't usually understand don't understand it. it. You're not a subject matter expert right, right. to tell good from bad. So okay. like those new communities that are rising, right, like mm -hmm. uh, GitHub and Dribble, a lot of the times if they get used and if they get any adoption for recruiting, it's usually done by not typical recruiters, they're done by hiring managers for subject matter experts, mm -hmm. but not that that never scales. The way right. you get wide adoption, the way you yeah, get scale. You can only like 20 people, not right. 20,000. Right. So. And it only works if you're like a smaller company where like hiring managers do hands-on recruiting, but the bigger recruiting space for it to change, yeah. regular recruiters have to be adopted into that process and they will only adopt if there is a easy way to say what's good, what's bad. And that's why I think the, the ultimate replacement of it is going to be more around like quantifying skill. If you mm. can quantify a skill, if you can give me a number, similar to a credit score, right? As if I'm loaning you money, I'm not going to go through financial models of your like past, yeah. you know, lending and like spending experiences. No, like it, I need you to sum it up for me in a number. Right. And I'm going to use this number as a way to say, okay, there's a threshold. Yeah maybe a few numbers, maybe a handful of numbers, like a credit report. Mm -hmm. But I need something that summarizes it for me and tells me, like, yeah. who should I move forward with, who should I be chasing, and mm -hmm. who's probably not there yet. In and I mean, I guess it's kind of like the language proficiency test as well. Like, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily need to evaluate, spend time evaluating every every single, like, how good right. is your Spanish. Right. But if you, if you ask them for a proficiency test result and then looked at it, yeah. you know, I'm hiring for you know, Spanish translator, yeah. that can be the first screening. Right. You don't ask for their essays and then sit reading them, right? You need something yeah. that's quantified. It's someone that quantified it. Especially at top, which is what we're talking about. The replacement right. of a LinkedIn, it's going to be your kind of a pool. You want the volume to be there. So it's the first get. point of contact. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and your thoughts on this piece. This has been really interesting. And for more tips and insights on data-driven recruiting, please visit ddr.codesignal.com.